Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the PT Assistance Podcast. My name is Pat. I'm your co-host for the evening as uh, Laura's out on vacation. I figured I would come take her spot for the uh, for the time being, maybe for an episode or two. Uh, this is my regular co-host of the show. What's up, guys? We are your co-host from coast to coast. That's right. Ken's coming to you a lot from Nevada, coming to you a lot from Pennsylvania. Going on, Beth? Yeah, it's doing good. Let's go ahead and get started. Jump right in. So, uh, I know the big question that I was on uh, everybody's mind and no more than yours. Um, it's the countdown for the due date, man. So, we are looking at, just did the math right before we started, but we were looking at around 80 days. 80? Wow, that's uh, it's, uh, not a lot of time. I, uh, Dude, it's going to be hope- here before I know it. Uh, yeah, you're gonna blink and gonna be here tomorrow. Whether or not you realize that yet, so. was one of those things where it's like we know we have the holidays coming up, so we're gonna be focused on that for the next couple months. Correct. And as soon as the holidays are over, we jump right into parent mode. So my advice for you there would be to uh, while you've got free time before the holidays roll around, is to make sure all those odds and ends are taken care of. Um, I know with my, my son was born, uh, his birthday's in December. So we had... Oh, so you kind of went through something similar. Kind of. Uh, we we accelerated our timeline in terms of stuff done around the house before because we wanted to make sure stuff was done before policy. So we were like painting the nursery, uh, to putting the crib together and doing some of that stuff like August of that year or so. And get to the very end of the end of our time of being childless and being like crap. We still got to do all this stuff and disperse here. So. so your your timeline, your goal was before football season started. Absolutely. As soon as yes. football season starts, like everything else is put on hold. So, if it doesn't get done before then, it's not getting done at all. Yeah, and yeah, not to say that there isn't stuff that we didn't do during the season, mm-hmm. but um. For context, there we were uh, were season ticket holders at Penn State. Obviously, I mentioned we're uh, we're up right here in Pennsylvania, um, so we were pretty much going every home game during that season. And you know, when we go home, pretty much the entire weekend that gets taken out. Gotcha. That so makes more sense. That was the the context of football season. Not just like we're sitting around the house watching it; like we're literally picking up and leaving our house for the weekend and back, and then you know. As you're experiencing now when your other is pregnant, then you're really not like there's a very limited energy capacity to do other things. So when she was coming home, being away from the house for the weekend, it was just like sit around for a while. Yep. So I had to get her before we were like hauling enough to state college every weekend in, in the fall. That makes sense. So you got most of it done before. So like right now for us, we're trying to get the majority of like you said like the big things i would say probably before christmas and after thanksgiving i think that's going to be our window that we're going to work with sure and then once christmas hits it's kind of the the little things here and there and then after that and it's going to be here before we know it if you have all, a lot of your essentials already like you have a crib that you have a dedicated room that's your nursery you know I'm assuming people have given you stuff at this point already. Yeah, so we have received quite a bit. Um, and it, my patients as well, because I've been talking to my patients about it. Mm-hmm. And they've been so generous already. 
and give bringing me some gifts here and there, which is very much appreciated. And for now, it's hard for us to plan the nursery part of things, mainly because we're in an apartment and we're going to be moving shortly after the baby's born. Gotcha. So as far as our setup, it's going to be like the bare minimum of what we need for a month or two. And then we're going to start with the the bigger stuff after that. So you got to have, I mean, going to be... It's doable, certainly, but uh, obviously, it's. I can only imagine how uh, how hectic it's going to be to move with a uh, oh, a <laughs> less than one month old infant. Going to be this yeah, going to be total chaos, man. The timing on that was less than ideal, but we're gonna probably start prepping where we're going a little early, so that way the transition for at least the baby is good. And then the rest of the stuff, like whatever the essentials are, are going to be going there, set up. Everything else, I'm sure, can wait because we're probably not going to have time for anything else anyways. So it's going to be a, a busy couple months there trying to figure out our lives as far as scheduling and work and <laughs> our own personal schedules on top of that. And we have, we're going to be moving shortly after, so it's going to be a hectic beginning of the year. Absolutely. I don't know if you can hear me. I'm, I'm over here chuckling to myself because I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm very aware of that, uh, you know, not necessarily moving right after your child is born, but, um, in terms of the, uh, you know, just having a child that young and how chaotic that is in itself on top of everything else that you're going to have to figure out once the, the child is born. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. But you were telling me before, so when you, when your, uh, your son was born, you were able to, you took a, a year off, right? Uh, it wasn't. Or how much time off did you take? I, I didn't take a year off. I switched jobs shortly after uh, so I didn't, okay. I was working. Not only took two weeks off when he was born and I was still working full time at a one clinic. And then about three months after he was born is when I actually took a different job and left full time. And I went to PRN for little under a year basically okay so that was your way of kind of managing the the work-life balance yes. and then having the child as well yep. and then uh your wife was working full-time correct after yeah she did about okay. three months of maternity leave but she went back to full-time after that point um and that's when my son started going to daycare on a part-time basis and then at the end of the you know after he turned a year old then we transitioned him to being at daycare full-time and, you know, then both of okay. us have gone back to work at full time at that point. See, those are the little, the little nuances we're going to have to figure out. Because mm -hmm. she's going to have her maternal leave once the baby comes. And then after that, it's going to be balancing daycare or whoever's going to be kind of babysitting at the time. Yep. And then both of us going back to work, it's going to be, it's going to be a mission. So I, I guess that's like kind of the... The purpose of today's episode is kind of like how you did it, what you did, <laughs> and mentally prepare me for what's about to come. Uh, I will do my best, uh, obviously, if uh, we tend to verge off of that topic a little bit, that's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, the, uh, you know, once we uh, shift off of that, I, uh, you know, Ken mentioned to me when we got together before that he's a big fantasy football guy, so... Um, uh, I want to quiz him at the end of this episode. Oh, yeah. uh, who's in, who's uh -oh. starting his lineup in this week? So, but uh, we'll, we'll hey, I'm all for it. We'll uh, we'll get back to that later. We'll uh, we'll keep it to the uh, task at hand here. Um, so I would say, um, 
Yeah, I would say it was definitely a challenge to figure out the whole, like, who's going to do pickup, who's going to do drop off. Um, it seems, I'm sure it was a bigger deal back then when we were trying to figure it out. Um, it seems so simple now because we've got a pretty established routine with both of our work schedules, which are both pretty predictable. So, um, you know, right now as it stands, my, um, I've got, uh, and I'm not sure uh, outpatient clinics operate similarly out in your state, but a pretty common theme in Pennsylvania is that you have three long days and two short days. So okay, I've got through Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday are nine to seven for me. And then Tuesday and Friday are seven to 12. So on my long days, I'll do drop off. My wife will do pick up and then we flip on my short days because I have to be there so early. So she'll do drop off on my short days and then I'll get him in the afternoon on those days. So. So I think that's going to be the struggle for us is we both have the exact same, same hours. Yep. <laughs> and I, as much as I would love to have like four tens or three tens, two fives, whatever the case may be. Unfortunately, we don't do that. At least my clinic doesn't. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of places that will, but it's just going to be a matter of who's willing to get up earlier to attend to whatever needs to be taken care of and then go from there. And then it's just a matter of who's closer to go pick them up afterwards. Okay. So it sounds like you are, so it sounds like you already have a daycare location, like kind of scoped out or do you have one like. So for the, where the daycare portion is probably going to be either, cause I think what, what we're lucky with is that both of our parents live here. Sure. So I think the times where we're able to drop them off with either my family or her family is probably going to be the most ideal. Mm -hmm. And then daycare is where we're going to be looking into once we figure out what their schedules are looking like. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're partially prepared kind of planned, but not fully just because we don't even know what direction we're going to be going with once the baby's here and which days they will have to be there. It definitely would be. I think the other thing that we have to try to plan to is, um, having a pediatrician on set. Yep. Um, things like that. It's just. It's just a whole new world for me right now. So it's <laughs> trying to figure out which ones people recommend. And luckily I have some, a lot of my coworkers already have kids. So they're like, Hey, go to this place, go to this place. Sure. Uh, we were doing our prenatal courses just recently. So I think that was very beneficial for us to kind of learn the little ins and outs and little nuances of a newborn and hopefully give us some peace of mind and not freak out when things happen. The But. I would say definitely the more, the more stuff you have lined up in advance, the better so that you're not scrambling. And I would say researching daycares is definitely one of those because I think something you'll find, and maybe this is different out, out your way, but we found a lot of daycares, uh, were flexible about, well, they were flexible about part-time versus full-time, but with my PRN schedule, I couldn't guarantee certain days. So we had to let daycare know by the end of each week, what days my son was going to be there the week after, but that could change consistently with my PRN schedule. So there's definitely a lot of like maneuvering going on where we would tell daycare, like, okay, we'll be there, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week, but then I would lose my Wednesday shift and somebody would try to offer me Thursday. Gosh. So it's more like an availability basis, Correct. whether or not you'd be able to take them. Okay. Correct. And there was another caveat in there too. The, the, 
the daycare company we start, which is the same one we go through now, but, um, the daycare that he goes to the first location he went to with the same company, um, their, their one office is directly across the street from where my wife works, which she does go in for her office days. Cause she does a hybrid two days in the office, three days at home schedule. Okay. So she, um, I would try to find work on her office days cause then all she would be able to take him, just drop him off, go to work, pick him up and bring him home. Versus, okay. you know, having to run it, you know, granted I was able to work it out that I was able to take him in on the other days and pick him up as well. But, um, there was definitely a lot of, a lot of more, a lot more organization involved in terms of, okay, where, when are your office days? Trying to get I, your, yeah, yeah. actually get your ducks in a yeah. row in that case. Yeah. Can I, it's like, who's where, I, yeah. where are you going to be? Can I get work on those days? Is anybody off? Has anybody offered me work on those days? You know? Um, so yeah, it's, and some day here is that don't want to be that flexible with you. We were lucky that this company was where they were willing to let us kind of tell them like what days in advance, because it matters to them for their census. And I'm assuming, you know, if they've got so many part-time work or their staffing, correct. They've got, they've got to staff the rooms, a certain ratio. So if they know they have so many kids coming in, then you know, they need to make sure that they have, you know, their, their own ducks in a row. So, yeah. And I'm sure that they also kind of base their things off consistency and. Mm-hmm. Kind of bringing them in last minute there yeah. definitely mm-hmm. throws a wrench in the plans. Sure, and yeah, they were they were willing to be flexible with us, but um, yeah, there are certain times where he would be sick at the beginning of the week, and they would ask, yeah, they would tell us if you want to do bring him in on a later date this week to make up for that day you were that we were allowed to. Um, so we were we were fortunate in that regard that we just didn't miss the day right away, um, but. Definitely something to consider. And, you know, if, if and nothing else, also just for availability of daycares in general, I, we had friends that it took them a year to get into certain places, especially if they found one they really liked. So definitely good to start researching that in advance. Now, I usually, I think the standard for a lot of places is they won't take kids until they're at least three months old. So definitely okay. something else to consider as well. Um, and then usually their prices are tiered by age. So from three months until 12 months, you'll pay a certain rate. And then once they get a year old, things like that, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then once they get to a year old, it's like this magical like threshold you reach where then you start, you get to play less because then your child is less intensive to care for once they reach a year old. I mean, old. it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand it. I just had no idea that that was actually a thing. Yeah. Um, as far as, I know this is probably more the extreme case mm-hmm. and it's definitely not going to be doable for some people, but as far as being able to transition to a different job that's either work from home or per diem or maybe home health, would that be something you would recommend? Um, like, is it, is it worth the change or is it just a more of a matter of just try to get your two schedules kind of figured out and then go from there? Um, we, and I know it's like a really situational, really depends on what you got going on, but yeah. And I would say that, um, it just depends on Depends on your situation with your spouse. I mean, even, I mean, my, my situation where I went from one job to another was also, was it not entirely based off of him being born? That was a, a personal decision that I made that I needed to make for myself as well. Like I needed that change from a career aspect as well. Um, but it was nice because then it afforded me the flexibility to switch my days up, um, because originally my, I was going to go part-time 
um, like two or three days a week at my clinic that I was at. And then I switched to the other job and then my schedule just kind of went all haywire. Um, so there was a little bit more consistency involved when I was going to go, when I was going to stay at the first place, but then when I went to the other, it gave me more flexibility to switch the days up. Just cause I've had some, some coworkers in the past when they have, they, had, they didn't recommend it to me, but at least for what they did themselves was they went from outpatient to home health mm-hmm. was mainly the transition that they wanted sure. to do. Mainly Ultimate home schedule health flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. A lot more flexible if someone needs to take usually the child to usually less either daycare yeah, or usually not as late hours. Yeah. The hours a little bit different. You can chart from home. Sure. Maybe see four or five patients in a day. But then the problem with home health is the consistency. Uh-huh. So it's a matter of, are you still getting your hours in order to be able to pay rent uh-huh. and sure. your bills and all that? Yeah. But that was definitely the, the recommendation they made and from their experience, they, they stuck with it. They stayed in home health. Uh-huh. They love home health. And for them, they said to just let them spend more time with their, with their kids. So it's definitely something that I've considered. Probably not what I'm going to do because I really do like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bosses are definitely really understanding. They know what's going on, and I'm sure they're going to work with me uh, when the times that I need that little flexibility. But I just wanted to, like, it's still an option out there, and for some people, it works. Yeah, and I think you'll, I mean, I think you definitely have to prepare for it, but then at the same time, I feel like you'll also get a year from now, and you'll kind of look back on it and be like, yeah, we definitely worked out for a reason that way. Um, at least I'm hoping you're at that point a year from now where you're like, oh yeah, everything's, yeah, it kind of, kind of went the way we needed it to. So, um, the routine kind of just fell. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We, yeah, we kind of, I seem to remember when we got to about like February, March-ish of my, the first year of my son being alive. Um, I feel like we kind of got to a point with him where we were like, you know, okay, if we, you know, if I do take this new job that I, you know, this, you know, this might be the way that this works out. And, you know, we're grateful also that my wife's job is a lot of flexibility with her being able to take leave if he's sick and stuff like that. So, um, you know, definitely afforded me the ability to be able to kind of make that jump to PRN and spend a lot more time with him than I do now. So. I think another thing that I get pretty teased about at work right now is the times where the baby is sick <laughs> and who's going to call out oh yeah to attend to the child oh yeah big time and it uh, so at my job right now they're already telling me like hey if anybody's calling out it's Kels we need you here mm-hmm. so something like that like how do you guys coordinate that um it, it inevitably it ends up being my wife a lot of times um for the first okay. in the first year I feel like I did more often because I was home with them already and sometimes just worked out with my PRN schedule that I, yeah, you know, if I had to, I would just can't, I would just cancel my shift on them and just say, Hey, I can't make it in today. My son's sick. Um, but I feel like that didn't happen. I, I feel like the worst stretch we had with him was actually after he turned a year old, because then I feel like we all just started off the year, just sick constantly. So, um, it was oh, even, no, it was worse. It all went down. Yeah, it was, it was, we had a solid stretch from like February until March where it was just constant and, um. But yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're lucky to at least, you know, if I have the thing, knock on wood, we've been pretty good this fall and most of the summer. Um, but we, uh, my wife is, 
because of her work from home flexibility, there are times where, you know, she needs to be able to take off. Um, then she can kind of like do some work from home and get some stuff done and not have to use as much leave. Uh, whereas I don't have that, you know, like, yeah, working it outpatient. If you're not there, you're not, there's no work. Like you're, you have to be there to actually work. So, mm -hmm. um, and that's actually on the, on a side note, it's actually the situation we had happen today at work. Mm -hmm. So, um, I wake up this morning and I get a text from the first PT saying that they're sick and can't come in. Mm -hmm. And then I get a message from the second PT saying his daughter is sick. Mm -hmm which is kind of getting him sick, so he can't come in. I get to work, and then my admin tells me she's sick, and she can't, she's not feeling well, so she's going to go home. So I essentially just ran the clinic solo today. It's just one of those days. And I'm like, well, let me go ahead and uh, cancel all these people, and no evals, no Medicare, the works. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kind of just Ooh. bear down the schedule, and end ended up working out. A lot of patients canceled for the ones that we actually kept. Sure. So I ended up seeing like maybe eight or nine patients sure. today total. So it ended up working out. Yeah. But it's definitely one of those situations where even if the person isn't sick, it was their child that was sick and just kind of the rounds fell on them and they couldn't be there. And like you said, it's a lot harder with, with our profession because if we're not at work, who's taking over that patient load? Correct. Those patients are all still scheduled. So it's a matter of, can we move some over? Can another therapist see them? Mm -hmm. Or are we going to start canceling? And then unfortunately today it was both PTs canceled. So we definitely had to strip the schedule down quite a bit. We, uh, the company that I work for, uh, we have about 40-ish clinics. So we've actually pretty fortunate that we have a pretty substantial club staff and parent staff. So, uh, we were pretty lucky that if somebody calls off stick, then we might be able to maneuver it, that we can actually get some extra help. Um, we have a guy, a scheduling coordinator that controls all of that, but you now it's, I'm sure it has happened and it will happen in the future where if I have to call off, they might be able to get somebody there to take my spot so that the schedule doesn't have to change as dramatically as it did in your situation. Um, but obviously I don't think it. From what you were telling me, it doesn't sound like your clinic is nearly as big as the company I work for. So, oh, there's <laughs> a, a total of five employees for the entire company. Yeah. So, so there, there is three no, of them calling out. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, we kind of have a problem. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a mass casualty event in terms of call offs, though. Yeah. But yeah, so there's just kind of that whole somebody's got to kind of call off or if the child becomes sick and, We've kind of already discussed it, and mm. I think it's one of those things that it's going to be situational. Yeah, absolutely. Depending on what we have going on. Uh, most likely, it's mainly going to be her uh, from what we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But again, I think it's just going to be situational depending on what it is. I'm sure she's going to either probably, it might be both of us that she kind of just wants me there just kind of for that insurance. And mm -hmm. we take them to the doctor, just kind of having the extra set of ears to know what's going on or if it's nothing, and we're just kind of being overly cautious kind of deal, but it's definitely something we've, we've already discussed moving forward. That's another, uh, another good segue to you. And, um, I'm not sure if you're significant other, does she work in the medical field? No, so oh, yeah. she works for the state. Okay. So it's much easier for her to take a day off than it is for, for me. So we have the exact same situation because, uh, my wife is also a state employee. So, 
Hey. So yeah, we, we have more similarities than we realized, uh, than we originally realized that we had. Um, but the, this is true. um, another piece of advice that I think that, uh, I think I would bestow upon you is to uh, be ready for your significant other to turn to you for a lot of medical decision-making. Um, I would say that my wife is, is well reached. Have, have you crossed that bridge? Oh, many times. Yes. There's, there's, <laughs> especially with some of the middle of the night wake ups where we're like, oh my gosh, what is this? Um, yeah, we, she's definitely looked at, and I'm not saying it happens all the time, but there have been definitely times where she's looked at me and been like, well, what do you think we should do? And, um, you know, that's when you get to step up as the medical professional and give your opinion about it, even though we're not pediatricians by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but you can at least be like, well, I think that this is like what we should do. So. I think most of the time, like, I think we should see a pediatrician. Right. Um, I feel like that's where I'm going to end up landing on that more often than not. Especially in the first year. I mean, as long as, I mean, the big, the big things to worry about are if there's, you know, a fever is obviously a huge marker for, yeah, call the doc. Um, yeah, fever, the kid's just throwing up, you know, more than just spitting up after feeding and, um, you know, or just, you know, inconsolable for a long duration of time and doesn't seem to want to calm down or probably your big things that you would actually leave the house for. But, um, I would also say that kids are also resilient too, and that they, you know, if that's what I tell myself. Yeah. And if, if I feel like they, I mean, you know, we both know daycare is basically a, a big petri dish, so they're going to get sick a lot, but at the same time, if they get that earlier, then they're more likely to build their immune systems up earlier. So then everything after that's not nearly as dramatic. I feel like that's the same with, uh, school. once they start school. Yes, absolutely. Like they'll, everything will hit them right at first. Like, yeah, I hear all the stories about like the kids that were healthy all summer. And then within a week of being back at school, they're sick right away. Um, but you know, I can remember certain things with my son, like he would get sick and it would just be like the end of the world where he was just inconsolable and didn't want to do anything. And now I feel like if he gets sick, he just barely stops moving. Like he's, you know, cause he's dealt with it before. So he's just, you know, the meat system is in full swing and he's just like, oh, well, so what if my nose is stuffy? Like it would just brush us yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, so what if my nose is stuffy and I keep coughing? Like, that doesn't mean I should stop playing, you know? Like I'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you very specifically also, um, so my son had tubes put in his ears back in July, which is a whole other conversation if you have to go down that route. Um, but he was getting ear infections pretty consistently for, you know, the middle part of the year. Um, and I'll never forget the first one he had. We didn't even realize he had an ear infection. He was fighting us in the middle of the night. Uh, we would try to lay him down to put him to sleep and he would just cry out in agony. And, um, you know, we didn't even realize that it was an ear infection he had in the first place, but when we didn't realize it after, you know, we had taken him to the doctor like a day or two later and they were like, oh yeah, do you know he has an ear infection? And we were like, no, is that exactly, it certainly explains why he doesn't want to lay down at all. Yeah. Um, so like, oh, this all makes sense. Right. And they told us like, if it becomes a routine thing where they keep getting them over and over again, and that's when they usually go in and put the tubes in. Because then, you know, you don't want to just keep having to put your kid on antibiotics constantly. Um, and that'll help the tubes, essential purpose is to help drain fluid out of the ears so that that doesn't continue happening constantly. Um, 
So it seemed like that first time I remember the first year in fiction he had, uh, that was like the end of the world. Like he would just scream and cry and carry on when we try to lay him down and he was just like not having a good time. And he definitely had at least two or three more after that. And they did those subsequent two or three after that and didn't affect him nearly as much as the first one did. I would say like it wasn't nearly as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like once he had it for, once he had it happen to him the first time and was like, what on earth is this? Every time after that, he was like, okay, I've been through this before. Um, obviously I think the, the dudes did help dramatically. I mean, I don't think he's had one since then. I mean, he's definitely been sick and we have, uh, we've definitely seen things draining out of his ears. So that if you do have to go down the, uh, that route where you have to have tubes put in your child's ears, uh, it literally looks like their nose is running only out of their ears sometimes. So get ready for that fund. Okay. A little drainage. There yeah. Right yeah. Like literally Man, just, just, just imagine mucus like coming out of your nose, only it's coming out of their ears just, instead. <laughs> yeah. Literally that's happened with my son before. So. I feel like a lot of it's going to be like, all right, time to do some exams here. Let me do some checks. Yep. All right. Head, ears, yep. nose, mouth. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the one more question I had, uh, moving forward, kind of like plans in the future. Mm-hmm. As far as like extracurriculars, yeah. is that going to be kind of a, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Like if you're going to do like swimming lessons or things like that and kind of working that with work, um, like if they fall on a day where you are staying late, are you going to try to get your schedule switched or you can just try to look for times where it works for you and your wife and all that? Yeah. I, we haven't crossed that bridge yet because we haven't really gotten to like extracurricular stuff with them necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like a lot of, it depends on what day of the week it is too, similar to now, like, you know, my wife usually is done with work by four. So if it's anything after, after four o'clock and it's on one of my long days, it's probably going to fall on her to take him. Um, but I feel like on the short days I would be able to, but yeah, we haven't, haven't crossed that bridge yet, but I'm assuming when it does, then we start getting to that point that we'll have a plan and go from there. So. Sounds good. Another, well, Pat, I definitely, another, uh, yeah, another, so another, um, another, so you talked about your curriculars, uh, so you had also mentioned, uh, how much your pickleball game is going to go downhill, uh, after this child was born before we got jumped on here for the live broadcast. Um, yeah, my tears already have been shed. Yeah. Um, I feel like extracurriculars for you is equally as important as extracurriculars for the child. Um, I feel like you've also got to maintain some sort of life as yourself. I mean, you've got this whole giant new responsibility of being a dad, but then you've also got to remember to take time for yourself as well. Um, it'll take time to get to that point because, you know, that first year is just about survival. Like you're trying to figure everything out. Um, you're just trying to maintain status quo, make sure the child's healthy and that you're staying healthy and that you're somehow sleeping enough to keep yourself upright. Um, so you've got a lot of, uh, Which I heard it's easier said than uh, done. Yeah. Um, you've got a lot of boxes to check off in that first year, but you know, like I mentioned with that, hitting that magical one year mark with daycare where the prices go down usually because your child is less difficult to care for. Um, that's, I feel like that's also the kind of the point that you hit as a parent where you're like, you know, getting a little confidence in yourself and you're like, okay, we've at least got you know, more normal routine now, you know, you've crossed a lot of bridges in terms of what the child has dealt with, you know, milestones and developmentally. And, you know, hopefully at that point you're at least in somewhat of a routine with sleeping and eating and all that fun stuff. 
Um, and hopefully at that point, it's a little bit easier to start kind of dipping your toes back into your own extracurriculars, um, you know, kind of starting to do stuff on your own again. And you know, hopefully if the, the schedule allows for you and your significant other to, you know, be able to have some sort of, you know, lives outside of being parents again. So that kind of happens like after a year. It did for us. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm sure, okay. I'm sure other people and other couples, other parents out there have done it before then for us, it was about the one year mark when we were really like starting to try to make a concerted effort for, to like have our own lives again, you know, um, mm -hmm. good example tonight is that, you know, my wife is currently a book club right now, you know, she, yeah, book club starts at seven I work until seven. So she took my son to the start of book club and then I, on my way home, I picked him up and brought him home and put him to bed and jumped on here with you. So, so we both kind of got to, you know, she got to go to book club and then I also kind of got to cross something off my list to uh, jump on and be a guest co-host for this, which by the way, so know this is a hundred percent going on my Instagram profile right now that I'm a guest co-host. So. Hey, this is hey, true. Add, add uh, it to yeah, the resume. Add it to the resume of things that I've done with my PTA career. So, um, so yeah, so yeah, but to, to sum that all up, I, for us, it, I feel like it took about a year before we finally got to the point where we were like, okay, well, I think I'd be comfortable with doing this on my own. If you're comfortable with taking this time, you know, to watch him. So, um, but yeah, just little things like that, you know? Yeah. I hear for the, for the most part, those first couple months are very hectic from what I've been told from multiple parents it's just like the first two three months just don't plan on sleeping it's gonna be <laughs> two, it's everything two three, is just two three trying months. to figure it two out. three months who told yeah, two to three who, months who told you it was oh, that that's little. Weeks? oh my bad uh, sorry I, I meant two to three months <laughs> no 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 i'm saying two to three months who who said you started sleeping again after two to three months oh. my gosh uh, as much that's that's what i've been told I, I said the first two to three months are the the worst uh, i said after uh, three months it gets a little easier yeah you, you disagree <laughs> I know only as a, only as a rephrase and that I would say the first two or three months are tough because that's when you're getting used to not sleeping. I I'm saying that you'll okay. still continue. I see what you mean. I'll see. I would say that you're going to, con to continue not sleeping even after that point, but you're just going to get used to it. I mean, I've had people tell me I'll never sleep good again. Oh uh, yeah. That's that can also have, be like, true. The constant yeah. state of like worrying yeah. and then you always have to. Even as, even as they grow up, you're still gonna, you never sleep the same is what I'm told. Yeah. I would definitely say that's true. It's, it's, you know, even just as an adult without having kids, you know, you know, I don't think you ever quite sleep as well as when you're a teenager and you could go to bed at whatever time and sleep for 12 hours straight. So. And have no and cares. I, absolutely. Yep. yep. Ah, good yeah, times. Absolutely. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I would say that the, the whole. Yeah. The whole lack of sleeping thing. I think that's, that's going to continue for a while. I mean, I know. For my son, you know, we had a pretty considerable stretch of time. I can't put an exact how many months it was. Maybe it was five, six, seven months where our bedtime, he would just fight us. Like he would fight us for two hours plus just to fall asleep at night. And then he would sleep for a couple hours. He would wake up in the middle of the night and then it would be a two hour fight to get him to fall back asleep in the middle of the night. Um, I had an innumerable amount of times where he would fight us in the middle of the night. And by the time I got him back down and went back to my room, I would like go to lay back down and my alarm would be going off like within minutes. Oh man. So uh, that has happened before, depending on what time of the night he would wake up at. Um, you know, it's, it's a rough stretch to get through. And you know, it's, it was like, I would just plan on being awake from like one to three in the morning, every single night just to fight him to go back to sleep. And 
Uh, Did you guys take turns or you guys both did at the same time? No, um, especially once we got past the point of him feeding in the middle of the night, like there, we got to a point where he did, they, you know, when they're that young, they're going to wake up because they're going to need to feed every couple hours. So that's what you're going to have to get used mm-hmm. to. And if your significant other would like you to be awake for it, I'm not sure she's planning on breastfeeding or not. Um, but the, once you got past that point, then it's really just a matter of who wants to get up with them. Um, the monitor is on my side of the bed at my house. So I'm usually the one that would hear him first and then I would get up with him and then I would try to, I would try to stick with it for a certain period of time. And then if I really got frustrated, then I would come wake my wife up and we would switch. And so it was 99% of the time I was the first one up and then I would have to have to switch out there, but it was, yeah, it was I mean, I'm about to have to get my coffee ready and, uh, oh yeah, big just, time, uh, mentally prepare. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely not an easy stretch, but, you know, we, you know, we made it through it. You know, we uh, finally got to a point where, you know, I would say that he's easily pushing, you know, bedtime is now, like, I can tell you that I got home with him and, you know, granted, it was also significantly later than he usually goes to bed. Um, you know, I took him into his room and changed him, got him ready to go to sleep. Um, we cuddled for maybe 15 seconds before he turned around and pointed to his crib and I put him down and he walked over and got in and he fell asleep and that was it. Okay. It's not always that easy. Uh, that was definitely an exception because, you know, we recently dropped off one of the sides of his crib, so it's open so he can get in and out of it on his own, which is why I told you tentatively, it might be a 30 to 45 that we jump on here. Um, because it just kind of depended yeah, on when he wanted to jump yeah, in there. Yeah, because he, you know, he he has done this before too, where he'll point and like he'll want to go lay down there. So I'll put him down. He'll walk over, climb in. But the minute I leave his room, he gets up and falls me out. So if that happened. That might have been oh. a that might have been a recurred theme for several minutes before I finally got him to stay in his room and fall asleep. But <laughs> thankfully tonight it was an easy night. He lay down in there, and that was the end of it. He never got up and just passed out. Right, he is still. Like, I'm literally looking at his monitor right now, and he is still the same exact spot that I put him down in over an hour ago. So, as far as like a a strict schedule, how important would you say that is? It's huge. Like bedtime at the same time yeah. the whole time. Oh, yeah eat at the same time every day uh it gets more flex it gets more flexible as you go on um in the beginning it's definitely really important to have because kids thrive off of structure um but older they get they usually get a little more flexibility here and there you know like i would say it's a lot bigger of a deal like when you have a kid that's younger and they're taking three naps a day and their wake window isn't as long then it's like okay it's a matter of when do i fit in these naps is you don't want to let them sleep too late a day because then they won't go to bed at an appropriate time. Um, and I don't miss the schedule of jockeying around and trying to find net time for three naps in one day at all. My son's probably at one nap a day. It's usually just right smack in the middle of the day. He wakes up, he usually goes down in between like 12 and one ish for his nap, sleeps for like one to two ish hours. And then he wakes up and then he's good until like seven o'clock at night, basically. So. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to have the, yeah. a routine set for them as well. Structure is definitely, like I said, definitely more important when they're younger, but then you do get a little flexibility with it. Like I've had days where my son has skipped his nap totally, but then it's like, you know, you can tell he gets, he, he skipped it because he gets to like six o'clock and he's already rubbing his eyes and looking like he could fall asleep at any minute. So, um, it's not that he can't just skip it. It's just not ideal. Um, but yeah, it's, you're like, it's right. time. But then they also, they older they get and the better they become at communicating their needs to you, then it becomes a lot easier because then you know, like, okay, 
you know, I can ask my son now if he wants something to eat, he'll tell me yes or no versus, you know, when they're that young, they're, the yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Are they crying? Like are they fussy. are they crying because their mm. daily changed, or are they crying because they want to be fed? Like, what's yeah, what's the deal here? Or maybe they're tired. Yeah, yeah. So, if, uh, again, I don't miss that stage of it. I don't envy the stage you're about to be in. Come <laughs> come January seventeenth, I don't envy that. I like that my son can communicate. Uh, and, uh, you know, eat normal foods like everybody else, and you know, not have to. It's uh, definitely a, a quite the milestone. We'll we'll cherish this time at the beginning, and then we'll we'll see how the difference it makes once they're able to communicate a little bit more their their needs. It's huge, yeah. It's like the major. It's a major difference, and even just more mobility. I mean, unfortunately, more mobility also means that you have to do more childproofing in your house than in the beginning when they don't move at all, and you can just set them down somewhere, and you know they'll still be there. Um, I don't even remember the last time my son stayed in one spot for more than two seconds aside from sleeping, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely better. You know, it's, it's, there are pros and cons to every part of those milestones. Like it's awesome that my son's more mobile and can walk on his own and stuff, but then it also stinks because that means that there's not much more stuff I have to watch for him to do. So. And that's why due to our move so soon after the baby will be born. Right. We're not child proofing anything where we're at now. And right. That's all that's gonna. Which makes sense. Unfortunately, right. gonna have to balance at the same time right. as the move because and you won't need it at that point because your child won't be mobile at all so that's really a yeah. lot of child proofing centers around how mobile your kid is and what they can do um like how dangerous like essentially how they dangerous can, can they be reach. right yeah exactly yeah so i mean at that point you, like, that looks like a hazard that yeah. looks like a hazard okay that looks like a hazard right we didn't even yep. i don't even think we did any sort of child proofing until at least I'm thinking like three, four or five months, if that even like whenever he started crawling is when we had to start worrying about that stuff. Cause then, you know, once they're on the move is when you got to worry about it. But up until that point, when they're stationary, then you really don't have to do a ton. Well, as far as questions go, that's all I had. I don't know if you had any closing thoughts on, on the matter here. No, but, uh, um, not really. I mean, I, I'm sure that, uh, I'll think of other stuff too. Um, yeah, I know I'll, uh, Oh, I'm sure it's going to still come up. Yeah. I'll, 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 uh, I'll make sure I pass along my phone number to you as well. So if you, uh, you know, I, I know you've got plenty of sources. You go. to, I'm going to need that. I know, I know you've got plenty of sources, the fatherly advice out there, but if you decide you want my opinion on something, yeah, feel free to reach out to me. Yeah. You know where to find me. Hey, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a sponge. Yeah. I'll take everything. And I know a lot of it is situational, even like the patients I've talked to. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them has all have also kind of given in their their opinions on things and it's one of those things where it's like I take in as much as I can a lot of it is going to be situational because yep. I mean most all, all babies are, are a little different. bit different yep. and they're little things that they like to do yep. and not like to do so it's going to be one of those okay this is the moments I remember someone mentioning like this, this is what we should do these are the things that we should keep an eye out for so for now I'm just trying to absorb as much knowledge as I can from 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 a little bit of everybody mm -hmm. so I definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing your stories and your advice. Thank you very much for that. And being flexible to kind of join me as the co-host while Laura's gone. Absolutely. I appreciate that as well. Absolutely. You know, um, if you want me to, uh, I don't know if you wanted to end it there, but I could also throw another story at you as well. So yeah, yeah. go for it. I got time. So, um, so the story that I'll throw at you, because we're talking about like brand new babies. So, um, I'll never forget what after probably the week after my son was born, it was, um, 
you know, my son was born on December 14th. So it was probably like the week after Christmas, we had scheduled an infant photo shoot in my wife's hometown about an hour away from us. And we got up that morning and realized that we had no power in my, in my house. So we had planned on like waking okay. up, taking showers and going down. Uh, we were going to stop by my in-laws place for a little bit and then go do the photo shoot and then go back to their house afterwards. Um, and realizing that we didn't have power immediately sped up my timeline because we couldn't shower at all. So we had to pack up everything, scrambled out of their house so we could shower at their house. Get ready there. Get ready there. Um, but then the immediate problem also became is that that time period right around Christmas was when we actually had a really bad cold snap. So it was actually below freezing all day and we had no power in my house Jeez. with a one week old baby. And we were, I was like, that was really the first, I felt like to the first adult decision I had to make because I was like, we can't leave him in the house all day. If it's there all night, if it's supposed to, you know, our power wasn't supposed to be restored until like 11 o'clock at night and it, it never mm -hmm. got above freezing mm -hmm. during the day. So it was like, you know, what do we do? Um, thankfully I found you know, friends of ours that had a, you know, a son that was just a little bit older than my son. So we knew that they had a bunch of like, you know, they had at least a bassinet and stuff that in a guest bedroom that we could crash in. Um, so that was what we did. We got back to my house, I grabbed some more stuff after being down in my wife's hometown, whatever to their place. Um, I think we had, did end up coming home. I think we got up at like two or three in the morning and, you know, we realized that our power was back on. So we did go back home then, but that was an extremely long day of life. You know, we had been in Oh, I bet. Yeah, we just, with traveling with a one-week-old child, we had been away from the house all day. We were like, we just wanted to be able to go home and be in our own house. But then we had to immediately come home and then go somewhere else because there was no heat. I think it got down to like 55 in my house during that stretch. Um, but, you know. Jeez. If it was, if it was no, my wife, definitely... if it was my wife and I, would have been like, all right, let's bundle up because it's going to be cold tonight. But uh, with my son, I just couldn't, we couldn't make that decision. So we, uh, you know, had to go somewhere else for a little bit, but. That was my, uh, that was my, my first adult, like, oh God, I feel like I need to do something decision that I've, uh, definitely made. So. And I feel like definitely it's going to be happening more and more. Cause I mean, eventually you stop thinking about just like what your immediate needs are and mm -hmm. it's more of their immediate Absolutely. needs. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, like you and your wife could have probably been fine, bundled up a little bit and you kind of just made that decision where it's like, okay, well, yeah. we'd be fine. Sure. But we don't really know how the baby would be. So it's. I mean, I'm sure that won't be the last, sure. and I sure I'm looking forward to that as well because it's going to be part of my repertoire as well. It will, absolutely. So, hey, man, you know, uh, you know, you right. you tried to uh, you tried to end this podcast without me asking you about fantasy football. What are you doing here? You you tried. Oh, I I I've been waiting actually. I'm undefeated. You better you're undefeated. Okay. Who's, who's your squad? I'm seven and zero right who's, now. Who's on your squad? Who, you, who are you rocking? You. Who are you rocking? So. For the, I mean, I guess I I have four different fantasy teams. Okay, so let's talk about the undefeated. So, let's talk about the most important one, then. Obviously, <laughs> who, who will let you draft? So, who? I would say, well, let's see. I would say the most important is my most expensive. Okay, and then Good. my most expensive one, I'm probably like in the middle of the pack. Unfortunately, it's a twelve man team. Okay, running three wide receivers. Okay, so it's you're you're scraping bottom of the barrel. Right. Fourth, fourth wide out here. Uh -huh. Um, but going to that team. Um, yep. So four and three. You know, middle of the pack, mm -hmm. fifth out of twelve. Sure. I got the one and only Kirk Cousins. Okay. 
Um, Garrett Wilson with the high hopes of Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Uh-huh. Fairly upset yep. on that that standpoint there. Yeah, that didn't last long. And then <laughs> four plays it lasted exactly four, three yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> four plays. Four plays. That was three. Was four. <laughs> you got you got injured on the fourth. So yeah. Um. Besides, I got Drake London, Christian Kirk, Etienne, mm-hmm. Madison, who has been mm-hmm. unfortunately not as good as I thought he would be. For the Vikings. No cook there. Vikings, I thought he'd be Vikings the, half back. Okay, gotcha. I thought, yeah, he would be the, the main go-to guy. Mm-hmm. As much as he has been, he hasn't been producing as the main two-go guy. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Travis Kelsey okay. in that league as well. Money. Money every time. And Deon- DeAndre Swift. Oh, so yeah. That's my another starting one. squad. Yeah. After that, it's been my, whoever I can pick up at the time and start sure. them. But hey, those are usually my starters. I hear that you guys don't run a defense in that league. Is that correct? Or do you do and you just end I know we do. Okay. We have an, uh, I have Sanders as my kicker, San Fran as my defense, but uh, I switch that out every week. Okay. And we even have an IDP and I have, um, okay, Recky from the Giants. Interesting. And that's another one where I just kind of switch it out sure. every week. But the, I mean, having San Fran defense is a pretty good look too. So they've been pretty solid. Yeah, I feel like I kind of lucked out with that. They were just available for that week where I picked them up because I just rotate them out. Sure. Someone dropped them, and I was like, oh, well, I don't mind if I do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but my other leagues, I'm undefeated in one. I am 6-1 and one in another. And then I have a dynasty league. Okay. Which I don't even, I don't even want to talk about that one. That one's not bad. <laughs> that one is, I think the hard part about a dynasty is you try to run younger players that you know is going right. to last you longer. Right. So you kind of invest while they're young, maybe not playing as much. Kind of like JSN from the Seahawks. Yep, absolutely. So I invested in him to see maybe down the road what his potential mm-hmm. is because he's he's going to be good. It's just a matter of when he's going to get the pecking order after Tyler Lockett and mm-hmm. DK Metcalf. Sure, sure. What about you? How, how are your teams doing? Uh, Wait, how many teams do you have? Just one right now. Um, so I've got a... Uh, okay. I've been been in as many as three, but my only league right now is a, a bunch of guys I went to high school with. So that's been an ongoing league since like sophomore, junior year of high school. So we've been doing this league forever. Um, but yeah, I think you're talking standard or PPR. Uh, PPR. Um, okay. I feel like uh, I'm trying to remember because I obviously I'm doing this through my phone right now, and I'm uh, I'm terrified to take the app off. Oh yeah, closing that. Yeah, yeah, because we know how that started with me turning my screen off earlier when we were trying to do a test run and it did go well. So um, I know I've got uh, I've got Justin Herbert at quarterback. I've got Derrick Henry at halfback. Um, I know I've got um, try to think who my wide receivers are. I've got DK Metcalf as one of them. Um, I know should be back next week coming up. Which I nearly lost this week because I didn't realize that he was a game time decision and uh, did not change trade him oh. out. So I left him in my starting lineup and uh, oh. nearly lost. It's even worse because squeaked out to the way. Yeah, I picked up uh, Downs, the wide receiver for Indianapolis, and he had like twenty plus okay. points sitting on my bench. Um, I also have Travis Kelsey. So you were prepared, but you didn't switch him out. Correct. Yep. Um, I've tried Chelsea as uh, my tight end, so that was money. Yeah, he was my first overall pick, actually. Um, Likewise. He, um, and then somebody left the Browns defense on the uh, the waiver wire, so I picked them up, and they got me, like, 20 points this week, so. Hey, yeah. that's pretty, I mean, 
that's pretty good considering it was a high scoring game. I'm assuming the defense just went off. Yeah, I think this league and I, uh, yeah, I think this league is less centered around those point tiers. Like, you know, when they allow like zero to t- like no points, they get so many points uh, for having to shut out. Uh, like two to ten or one to ten points allowed is this many points. Um, I think they trend more towards what the defense produces. And I know the Browns had at least one defensive touchdown. And gotcha. yeah, so yeah. that's a big, a big gimme if they score points or special teams scores points for them. So yeah, I'm like, I think that score went to like the thirties for both team. I'm like, I'm yeah. surprised they still got you 20 points Yeah, because they, but yeah, if you don't get the Browns defense had a strip sack in the end zone and then quarter touchdown off of it. So I think that was a big part of it. I think they also had several sacks. Um, I don't know if they have had any, I don't remember off the top of my head if they had any interceptions, but I'm, that would have also contributed to their point total. So. So yeah, yeah was lucky with, was lucky with that, but, but yeah. Do you do any, uh, squares or survivor leagues at all? No, um, no, I can't say I have, I mean, I'm intrigued. I, I, so I have anything actually, I want to find a league someday. Have you ever heard of the concept of like a, I've heard it called a vampire fantasy league. A vampire. Either a vampire or I, I, there's another term. I've, I can't remember what it was for it. So. Uh, I definitely want to try this. Yeah, I've been playing fantasy football for years, so I'm like intrigued by this concept. But the the concept is is that the ten team league one through one through nine or whoever the nine nine of the teams draft normally. The ten player picks his entire team off of the waiver wire. All right. Interesting. Okay. That team is the designated vampire. If the vampires, so then the vampire team gets first dibs on the waiver wire every single week. If the vampire team okay. beats you during their week, then they then they get to pick a player off of your team that you have to trade them. Oh, so then okay. if you and, interesting, and you know as well as I do that there are just weeks that aren't your week, regardless of how loaded your team is. So you know you yeah. you have one week where you beat someone, then you know you pick out one of their best halfbacks or wide receivers. And then you piggyback that momentum, you could end up with a pretty good team by the end of the year. I mean, there's there's also a good chance that you could just lose every week and not have anything else to say about it. But the concept itself is fascinating. The first time I ever heard about that, I'm like, damn, I really want to try that sometime. That sounds really cool. I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I would have to. Well, if you do do one, let me know. Yeah. I might be interested in doing yeah. a league with you. Cause yeah, absolutely. Most most of my friends have a minimum of three three leagues, so getting right. them to do another, another one, one yeah. is quite the right. mission to at least get ten. Yeah, we have several like six and eight man leagues, sure. but when you have that little people, you're the waiver wire is already stacked. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. So the more players you have, mm-hmm. then the harder time the vampire is going to have sure. to be able to produce something. I feel like ten league is a good like balance because twelve, I think 10's a good yeah, number. six dates too little and 12 is too much for that type of scenario. So, but also the, yeah, like the 12, like you had mentioned the, um, like when you have three or more fantasy teams, then you end up in a scenario where you're rooting for a guy in one league, but then you're playing against him in the other league. So you're like, okay, which league do I need him life. more? Like, do I need him? It's like, yeah. I want him to do good, but yeah. just enough right. to squeak me out the way in this one, but not destroy me. Correct. In this one. Yep. Or if you don't need that him, then you're like, no, 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 don't, don't produce one. anything. Like, I don't need you to win it to the, to win this league. Don't, yeah, don't do just anything. Don't even catch it. Right. Just, just go ahead yep. and sit. Yep. That is the problem with doing more. Absolutely. Than Absolutely. Yep. That, that was my life when I had three leagues. The, the league that I'm undefeated in this past week, the one, I, the guy I went against, he has Lamar Jackson. Okay. And he didn't start him. Oh, 
Lamar Jackson had 45 points this past week. Oh. He started Tua instead, which I don't blame him. Tua's also a really good quarterback. Yep. With the problem with that. They only they scored one off at the touchdown. Yep. They did not. Yeah. Have, they didn't produce. Yep. So because of that, I ended up beating him by 20 or so points. So if he started Lamar Jackson, I definitely would have lost. Mm-hmm. Decisions were made, and I remain undefeated. Well, uh, sir, I'll have to apologize to your uh, your fantasy football cohort there because my philosophy in being a football fan is that I would always rather see my football team do well than my fantasy team do well. Uh, and I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, so I am not at all disappointed that the Miami Dolphins only scored one up into <laughs> touchdown. So, sorry to your sorry to your friend, but uh, you know we actually played the Dolphins pretty well. So, no, you guys did good. I, that one was uh, we do a a pick 'em yeah, every single week, sure. where we take all 15 games and then we pick who we think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I am five for seven so far. Oh, I've only lost two weeks. It's pretty good. And this past week, the Miami. Philadelphia game was definitely the hardest game probably to play oh, yeah. last week. Absolutely. Hey, that one could have for sure gone either way, mm-hmm. but yeah, your Eagles pulled through. They did. Absolutely. So. Well, with that, I'm sure it's getting pretty late for you. It's time for me to go make some dinner. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Pat, again, thank you so much for, for joining. Hope some people took something away as well as if anybody has some more advice or kind of little tips for me. I'd be more than happy to hear you guys out, so just let me know. Uh, any closing thoughts, Pat? Yeah, in the same uh, in the same breath, if you want me to come back as a uh, guest co-host again, let Ken know. I'd be happy to come back on again. I'm not sure how long Laura's going to be gone for, but uh, you know, I think it worked out pretty well. And yeah, you know, like I said, I'm definitely going to oh, yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to add the uh, add this to my bio as uh, being a guest co-host of the uh, PT Assistance Podcast and. Uh, Laura, I'm, Laura, I'm coming for your spot. I want you to be put on notice right now. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course not. She is. She we're going to give her a tag, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think she'll be back this upcoming week. All right. But I, I'm almost positive we'll probably have you back on. We'll work it out. Absolutely. I'd love to come back, All man. All right, Pat. All right, take it easy, um, And as always, thank you guys for, for listening. Check out the, the Instagram, the YouTube, all the socials, and all the things like that. And until then, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.